Welcome to the McLean Church Podcast, where we discuss how our lives and our faith come together in practical ways. Now here's your host, McLean Church Campus Pastor, Ben DiStefano. Well, welcome to the McLean Church Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Ben DiStefano, and we are glad that you've joined us today. Our hope uh, for this podcast is that you will be able to uh, manage life and faith, the tension that happens sometimes in life and faith. And, uh, you know, today's a great example mm. of that as we walk is. into uh, this uh, this week um, in our country. Mm. It is uh, we're recording this on Monday, November 2nd, and um, uh, tomorrow will be this, the, the first Tuesday after the first Monday, which in our country means it is general election time. It's a big day. It's a big day for our country. And um, so one thing we wanted to do today is, is unpack um, where we are in our country with the elections. Um, Pastor Brian Kelly is joining me. Brian, say hello to everyone. Yeah, great, great to be back. And, and what, a, what a pivotal, pivotal moment uh, we're at and really, really uh, time, uh, I believe, for, for the church to really think like the church in, yeah. in, in this moment. And, you know, my, my thinking uh, on how faith and, and politics uh, integrate with one another has certainly it's changed a lot over the years and it's developed a lot over the years. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully we're coming to a more mature understanding of how our faith is, is to inform important things like like our political decisions yeah and you, you know we uh, uh we we launched a uh our message series uh in our message series yesterday we actually took a break from our immerse challenge That's right um the podcast has been answering questions that come out of the immerse challenge yesterday uh, again taking the pulse of our culture and our nation just a time in our history where it made sense to pause that and so the new and the next uh uh, information for this week from from McLean Church to our audience was was really all about the elections and politics and and where our faith lines up with that. And again, the the purpose of this podcast in general is to help people navigate or manage the tensions in life that come mm-hmm. with life itself and trying to live out the biblical Christian faith that, right. that we have and or that we're exploring or that we're exposed to. And so Politics plays a big part in that, yeah, and uh, and and it, again, it's very apropos to kind of sit down today in a podcast and just unpack a little bit more of what you had to say to us as a church sure, yesterday, sure. which I thought was uh, uh, absolutely uh, outstanding. I thought it was powerful. I thought it was strong, and I think it'd be one of those if you wanted to tee it up right, you, you could you could tease out there, you know, come mm-hmm. here, come here, our position <laughs> on politics, but. <laughs> In reality, you really you did a great job pointing us to the cross and pointing us to the to Christian faith instead of um, politics in and of themselves. So, do you want to do you want to kind of just recap sure. some of that, yeah. and then we'll just sure. kind of bounce around and, and sure. pick pick that apart. Sure, and I'd certainly encourage people if they didn't hear the sermon uh, this weekend to take some time and listen to it. It's it's called Kingdom versus Empire, and um, it, it's really been the the the, the, the culmination of a lot of thinking for me over the years 
Um, and, and two big aha moments for me have come in this whole political uh, and faith dimension. And the first, the first aha moment I alluded to in the sermon was the fact that um, I, I, I realized <laughs> about 24 years ago uh, that there were very good people who were as in love with Jesus as I was, who uh, saw things differently from a political perspective, who, mm -hmm. who, who voted differently, whose political philosophy was different. And, you know, that was a, that was a real shocker when, when I first came to uh, embrace that truth, that, mm -hmm. that there were people uh, who were passionate about following Jesus, who, who thought differently than I did regarding politics. And, and that helped me see that, that, that if you're going to reduce your political choices to, to moral or faith decisions, usually strong cases can be made on each side of the ticket or on each side of sure. the aisle mm -hmm. uh, for the choice a person was making. And, you know, I, it was, <laughs> I was reminded again um, th this morning in a small group I'm part of um, as, as we met together and, and prayed uh, for our country, for for our for our for our uh, our, our city, our county, um, realized that 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 some of the folks who are saying that prayer, I, I have no doubt, are going to vote differently than I'm going to vote tomorrow. Right. And and here we are, both praying that God would work through uh, what happens tomorrow, and and it awakens you to the tension that we've talked uh, quite a bit about on this podcast already. That things don't always resolve in a nice black and white um, right. manner that that we'd like them to, and that that can we leave room for a God who is big enough to work in that tension, yeah, and, and yeah. to work through His people who are going to think different, differently in mm -hmm. terms of politics and candidate choice. And I think it's hard uh, in our culture when we think about that because um, our culture doesn't have that. Um, that that concept to begin with. Let's let's work together. I mean, we say it at times. You know, um, we want to come together as a community, and sometimes it does happen um, when you see um, uh, difficult things happen yeah. in a community, yes. a local community. Yes. Community comes together, yes. rallies around yes. a cause, and those are great things. And yeah. and not to take anything away from those, but the but it feels like and and maybe it's just part of the whole social political system the the machine it feels like the last 12 to 18 months has been let's divide yeah and and, and the interesting thing is when you think about uh, Jesus's message uh, it's such a message of unity it's mm -hmm. such a message of bringing people together but as uh, one thinker I was just, just just listening to actually this morning was pointing out uh, unity only happens when you have diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, unity is a product of two or more diverse things coming together. Mm -hmm. So if you don't first have diversity, you can't right. have unity. So could we see even the political diversity in our culture as, as, as a good thing, as mm -hmm. something to be celebrated and that unity could be could be achieved, uh, even though there are differences in in our political outlooks and political philosophy. And of course, people will quickly try to reduce this to moral arguments, mm -hmm. and and they'll pick one or two moral arguments, and they'll say, well, th but this candidate, 
you know, is for this or is against this. But it's such a shallow argument because as you start to look at the platforms in our country on, on both uh, of both political parties, you know, you, you, you can find moral issues mm-hmm. on, on both sides. And, and so to, to try to reduce it to one or two of those particular issues probably really trivializes the, the, the bigger uh, the bigger moral issues in both platforms. And could we really envision uh, a place, especially in the church, where we, we, could, we could see things in a different manner politically, but we could still have this, this bond of unity that says, I, I, I can respect and, and most importantly, I can love you, mm-hmm. e- even though you might not think the same way I do. From a political standpoint, because unif- unity is not uniformity. Exactly. Like we want to be united in in heart, in spirit, in in belief, in cause. But and the first and the first thing Ben that God does, you know, if you take take the 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 the, the Genesis creation story, the the first thing God does as as the Jewish people reflected mm-hmm. on it was He creates differentiation. Mm-hmm. He separates one thing from another. Because right. unity only has meaning if there's first differentiation. Right, right. So again, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, this started, you know, over two decades ago for me when in a small group, I was startled that there was somebody <laughs> in my small group who didn't think the same way I thought politically. And that's that's emerged into, you know, what happened this morning when, again, I'm in a small group and, and I, I know we have uh, political differences in the group, but we're praying together yeah. for God to somehow work in, in the midst of that diversity. And again, can we believe in a God who's big enough to work his sovereign right. good purposes out, e- even though we have differences of opinion politically? Yeah, and I, I wonder if we just get caught up in the social mantra uh, around us and and we just we we don't spend enough time in God's word and prayer we spend too much time on uh, the cable network, yeah, news it, network it, of exactly. your choice. We spend too much time on social media. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, right. I mean, we're all hungry. We're all going to get fed. And so whatever we feed ourselves, we're going to become some somewhat a product of. Yes. Um, and would it not be better to, in this climate, just, you know, more prayer, more scripture and just say, man, how do we, how do we unite with a Christian with Christian values, how do we unite? Whether the person across the table is carrying Christian values or not, that's right. You know, and, and and you know that's the other big aha moment for me in terms of my thinking about faith and politics. Again, the first was this realization that oh my, there are people who are just as in love with Jesus as I am, mm-hmm. who who have a different political philosophy and are going to make different political choices. The second big aha moment for me, and, and, I, and I can't believe now that I see it, that we haven't talked more about this in the church, it's the amazing silence of Jesus in the gospel records uh, about matters of politics. Mm-hmm. This, this ought to just jump off the page at us because if we really get back into first century Jewish culture, the first century culture of Palestine— it is as politically loaded and charged, if not more so, as our present-day culture. Right. And you search the Gospels in vain to find Jesus taking any of this on. And again, how have, how have we missed this? Mm-hmm. You know, you would, um, you would expect any prominent person in 2020 America 
to have had a, a voiced or vocalized opinion <laughs> about our political situation, right? right? I right, mean, right. Uh, uh, because ev even, even if we haven't made public statements, most of us have made private statements. We've said stuff uh, at mealtimes with our family. We've said stuff to our friends at work. We've expressed ourselves politically. Mm -hmm. Why do you have no record of that with Jesus? Yeah. Why does he not go there? Because the Gospels record very intimate conversations of his, you know, conversations between him and a couple other friends. It's not just the big discourses he gives to the crowds. We have all levels of Jesus's uh, uh, communication and conversations recorded for us. And it, there's just nothing there politically. Why doesn't he take on Rome? Why doesn't he take on the evils of the empire? Why doesn't he take on the atrocities that are occurring in the Roman Empire? I mean, uh, they're, 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 they're feeding people to the Alliance in the arena for, mm -hmm. for, for fun, yeah. to, to, to watch people die. Why doesn't Jesus talk about any of that? That's a, that's a great question. Let's hold that thought for a minute, and we'll come right back and answer that. Right, so that's a that's a really good question, and 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 doesn't it also beg the question too that that's what the Jewish people thought the Messiah was coming to that, do? That's what they wanted him to do. So yeah. now you've got this this environment that's politically charged, it's ripe for political discourse, and we know political discourse was happening in first century Palestine. Mm -hmm. This it was occurring just like it is in present day America. And yet Jesus, the closest he gets to going there is the, the passage we talked about in the sermon this week of, of talking about should you pay taxes to Caesar right, or not. Right. So before we answer that, I mean, that's the because I want an answer to that. Like, so, OK, well, what do you think? Why? <laughs> right, does, but right. before we answer, let's just set let's just keep setting it up. Let's keep setting the context. The context is is the the the. Palestinian culture that you talked about, the Roman rule, the Roman Empire, the culture, the the context is also the prophetic messages of the Jewish people yep. to their ancestors passed on through the centuries saying that there is a Messiah coming who will save your people, uh, Prince of Peace, sounds kind of political, yep. Yep. you know, Absolutely. Um, his kingdom will, and the, the government will be on his, like, it's very, it's all it's, political. they're all like, all right, this is great, my guy is going to be in charge yes. of the political scene. Yes. So that that sets up. Then Jesus comes. And so some of the other context, um, again, the New Testament isn't shy about, about um, alerting us to the political landscape, meaning... Um, they often they often talked about the tax collectors. Mm -hmm. That that Absolutely. was a in one way or another. That's a political Absolutely. political position. Political. All right. Um, Jesus does a miracle for a Roman centurion, right? So, I mean, the fact that the author put in there that it was a Roman centurion and a leader of it's, leaders. It's huge. It's, it's, there's purpose for that. It's huge. Um, the, the, there's a parable in, in Luke, in the middle of some parables, there's this, there's this story of Jesus' encounter with a rich young ruler. Right. So there's, again, whether it's local politics or a broader scope, there's Jesus' encounter with, with, with him. And in none of those encounters, None of them does he get political. None of it's them. all about mission. Absolutely. It's all about whatever heart, heart transformation. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I would dare say that when the that there are times when we read 
in the in the accounts of the gospels when when the crowds were getting stirred up for what he was teaching and doing um and perhaps this plays into it i would say jesus like escaped <laughs> and he said look I, yeah we're not ready for that yeah, right now yeah. i'm going to go uh i'm going to go take 5 yeah. and he actually leaves the crowds and escapes to a quiet place or right. retreats or or what have you but but often and and in fact when people I think we have a couple of encounters where where the people, because their their lives were impacted, they went ahead and they said, you know, it was this Jesus, and it's almost like parenthetically, Jesus is like, oh man, right. like why'd you do that? Right. Okay, right. here we go. Right. So, right. Um, so kind of kind of that's the context that the yes. Gospels are written in. It's not devoid of politics; it's rich with it. But to your point, he doesn't he doesn't ever really take it head on, except for one encounter with a coin whose face is on it, hey, render to Caesar's what is Caesar's. Yeah, and again, I think that parable or that story, when correctly understood, it's it's almost a mockery of the question. It, mm -hmm. You know, Jesus is, is just being totally flippant mm -hmm. in his response. And, and again, here, here's, the, here's the thing about it, Ben. It's, it, it's, it's not to say that politics aren't important. It's not to say that in our present setting, where we have a political voice, that we should just, you know, kind of bury our head in the sand and say, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, don't vote, you know, mm -hmm. just uh, just read your Bible and pray. No, 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 we're not saying that at all. We're talking about how we prioritize our engagement with the political process and how we see it ultimately affecting the 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 restoration of all creation you right. know and does it have a role yes is it the primary role uh, no not at all jesus introduces this whole new means by which the world will be changed it is life by life heart by heart as people do what as they do good and as they love each other right. and uh, which is why we you know we say often around the church you know you, you'll make more difference in the world by how you treat the cashier at walmart uh, than you will by who you will elect to to the White House, mm -hmm. and, and and I believe that to the core of my being that that is the program that Jesus introduced, and how exciting that is to know that I in my ordinary everyday life I have this tremendous influence over all creation simply by the way I treat uh, treat the people around me. So would it be fair to say that that um, that almost the the biblical response is we can't make the gospel political. That's not the point. The point right. of the gospel isn't for it to be politicized and to rain it down on on the constituency. But at the same time, we can take our faith and use it in the political arena to make a difference where we believe God, where where we believe God is speaking truth and honor and value of people and the less fortunate and how to love and how to care in ways that are that are beneficial. Well, and I would say the diversity that exists politically and even the tension that exists politically in our culture creates a wonderful opportunity for us to be agents of reconciliation, for us to be agents of unity in the midst of the diversity. It's not about trying to get everybody to vote the same way so we no longer have political tension. 
It's about modeling a Christian um, approach and attitude uh, toward, toward those who oppose us. And that's, I love that you mentioned that Jesus heals the Roman centurion's uh, servant, mm -hmm. because this, again, is one of those stories that, that I certainly overlooked for, for many years until it, it was pointed out to me how significant what's happening there is that the Roman centurion it represents the opposing political party. Mm -hmm. So so if you're a Democrat, uh, th think Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, if you're a Republican, think Joe Biden. This is who the centurion represents. And right. what does right. Jesus do? Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't take the Roman centurion to task for being part of this empire that's crushing the Jewish state. What's he do? Yep. He just heals his servant. Incredible. Yeah. You know, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And, and, and again, and the other side is indignant. And the, the other side is like, what are you, how can you, how, and, and, and we miss it. Right. We miss it. Because circling back to uh, the title of your message um, or, or alluding to the title of your message, we've, we've been sucked into building an empire instead of living in the kingdom. Right. And anytime, you know, again, something I've been helped to see as you read the Gospels, anytime you see a healing story, you know, really the, the bigger the bigger message there, the meta narrative there is 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 restoration, mm -hmm. um, restoration to the creation ideal. Um, uh, and, and, and so the healing of someone in the centurion's household is this huge statement about this 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 restorative message. It's it's for all political parties, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not just for the Jewish people, it's not just for the Roman people, it's not just for Democrats, it's not just for Republicans. This message of Jesus is 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 for all people. So in the time that we have left, I think some people are gonna sit here and and wonder, so how so I'm I'm gonna go vote tomorrow. Yes. Right? I'm gonna go vote, or maybe they've already voted however right. they've chosen to. Um I one of the things I often say in this political landscape is, is, look, I've got one vote mm -hmm. and I'm going to go exercise it right. at the end of the day. I don't I can't change anything. And, and especially in the way the, the United States political system is set up, your one vote matters. But given the Electoral College and, and sure. all of that, it's it's a little bit of a challenge too, sure. to to understand how your vote may how one vote may matter on a, on a broader scale. But it does. And so many of us are going to go to vote tomorrow. How does this, um, this, how do we manage the tension yeah. with what you've been saying? Yes. Because, because we, we can, we can nod in agreement with, with sure. your, your thoughts of we need to be people of the kingdom and not people of the empire. But what does that look like in everyday living? Sure. Whether my candidate wins or not. Right. Uh, and maybe especially if he doesn't right. or they don't, the party, which right. was, is the other thing I kind of get frustrated with um, with people is, you know, there's a party platform, too, sure. that we need to pay attention to, not just a person on sure. a uh, – anyway, that's sure. a, probably a podcast <laughs> for another time. But, um, but my point is our vote does matter. It yes. matters nationally. It matters at the state level. It matters locally. Yep. Um, and we all have a voice to that beyond that. Beyond my vote, um, I'm going to go to bed tomorrow night. Yep. I probably still won't know who's who's sure. who and who, yeah, right. what's what. But at the end of the day, we're all going to get up on Wednesday and go about business. That's right. What does that look like 
in our world? What does this mean? How does how does this message? Let's be people of kingdom, not the empire. Yeah. What does that look like in everyday living? Well, so I think it starts by really trusting my spirit guided conscience to lead me to vote uh, for who I think I should vote for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And believing that the spirit works through my my past, my history, my experiences, my perspective on life, uh, to to lead me to the decision that that I I get to exercise and that I should exercise tomorrow. So I go into the to the polling place and, and I vote what my my conscience, my my spirit guided conscience is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. But then I step back and I marvel at the mystery and infiniteness of God who is able to work through all things uh, to bring about his redemptive purposes and plan. And that this God, again, I shared in my message, a close, close, close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have two, two very different political outlooks. <laughs> you know, tomorrow we're going to vote exactly the opposite way on probably every single race. Mm -hmm. And and this is a person I love and respect dearly, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, you you say, well, we're just going to cancel each other's out. No. Can you can you see a God who is big enough to work through that diversity to accomplish his kingdom plan? Yeah. And then I go to bed tomorrow night to say, you know what, whatever happens, the kingdom of God is secure and the methodology of the kingdom of God is the same. It doesn't change by who's in the White House. So that means I get up Wednesday morning and I I love my family and Mm -hmm. I love my neighbor and I look for ways to help and do good. And I'm pleasant to the person who gives me coffee, you know, at at, at the donut shop. And and I realize that that has more power to change my culture, to change my community, to change my country that, that, than, the, than the person in the White House. And I know that that sounds crazy to say, but that is the Jesus way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Jesus introduced, a radically different way to change the world. And don't we see that in the incarnation? And don't we see that in what we're about to celebrate with Advent, with oh. God, God comes to us um, doesn't sit in the White House of Heaven dictating right. to us uh, and, and moving the chess pieces, comes to us, lives among us, embodies relationship to help us understand that we're going we're gonna, to uh, lead people to Christ and the kingdom, not an empire, but the kingdom, one person at a time, one cashier at Walmart at a time. Yes. Literally, the gospel message started with 11 guys in an upper room who still didn't get it all and, at the and, end of the and, night. And, and who had no political voice, right? no political influence whatsoever. They weren't going to change who mm-hmm. Caesar was you know, right. or how the Roman Empire worked. What they did is they had Jesus's instruction to love. Mm-hmm. And they started to love. And again, when you re- when sociologists look at the spread of Christianity in the first four centuries of its existence, it's amazing because there's no way it should have spread. 
there were similar movements that emerged in the first century that had a lot of the same characteristics mm. of, of Christianity, uh, Jewish mystery religions that had a lot of the same tenets of Christianity. They died out after a few years. Christianity goes on mm -hmm. to consume the Roman Empire. How did they do it? Well, you know, the, the, the classic answer, and, and, and there's never been a better one proposed, is that people saw how they loved each other. Yeah. You know, they saw how they, they took care of the poor, you know, they, that, that, that they took in the orphans, that they loved their neighbors, that they, they tried to live lives of, 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 of gentleness and, and peaceableness. People wanted a part of that. Yeah. And it worked. And it's still working. Yeah. It's um, still working. Imagine what it would look like if we could recapture more of that well, in our everyday and, living. And as we said, you know, uh, when Paul at the end of Titus urges his listeners and, 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 and by extension us, you know, to, to be ready to do good to all people, to slander no one, you mm -hmm. know, boy, if, if, if just those of us who named the name of Jesus would, would try to live that way. Yeah. What, what a difference would it make? But isn't it interesting, you know, how when it comes to the political process, we dismiss all that. Right. You know, I, <laughs> right. I have no problem right. uh, just trash talking the opposite political party of mine or, or the candidate that I am not going to vote for. Right. You know, they're they're an idiot in mm -hmm. my mind. And then you have Paul's words, you know, slander no one. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that that applies to my political opponents. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, maybe to, to wrap it up today, um, what we're not saying is 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 don't vote. We're saying vote your conscience. Absolutely. Go out and extra. It's important. It Absolutely. matters. Absolutely. But it matters more in a kingdom perspective than it does in a political empire perspective. And, and what matters more is how you're going to treat the poll worker. Yep, That's exactly. what matters more. And if you really want to make a kingdom difference, <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. Uh, if you really want to make a kingdom difference, after you vote, uh, go get a cup of coffee and take it to the person who's holding the sign for the candidate you didn't vote for. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's the Jesus way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, regardless of how things go, at the end of the day, our hope doesn't rest in a political system. It rests in the power of God moving in the hearts yeah, of people. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Brian, thank you for your time today and, and your insight and your thoughts. And uh, I hope this has helped uh, our, our listeners. I hope that it's helped you. And uh, we want to encourage you to exercise your vote tomorrow and uh, trust after that in the God of heaven. Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you uh, subscribe and uh, and share it with your friends. Uh, let us know how we're doing. We'd love to see you and see the comments that you have. We'll see you next time as we continue in our Immerse Bible series and answer more of your questions here at the McLean Church Ministry Podcast.